Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome along to the Rocky Road Boxing Podcast with me, your host, Kevin Byrne. Now, 2022 has been a big year in the career of young Galway fighter Kira Malloy. After a stellar amateur career and multiple Irish titles, he turned professional under top-ranked promotions and Conlon Boxing, made his debut in Glasgow in February, and has now racked up three wins on the trot. He has the chance to go to 4-0 before Christmas with another outing on the Michael Conlon versus Kareem Guerfi bill at the SSE Arena in Belfast on December the 10th. He's just turned 24 and says he wants to be a world champion inside four years. But Kieran, first things first, will you be able to hold on to your title as Galway's finest boxer? You have some com- you have some competition at the minute. Yeah, look, boxing is fine in Galway at the moment. Uh, the likes of Gabriel Dawson won the European Championships a couple of months ago. We've got Adam Heshin, Thomas Couture, uh, Jason Myers. There's a few great young lads coming up as well. So it's fantastic to see so many... Uh, Talented young lads coming up through Galway as well. Yeah, you've won Galway Boxer of the Year on multiple occasions, I believe. Yeah, it's the uh, the Connacht Tribune Awards in Galway. It's a big awards for all sports people, so it's it's great to be recognised, I suppose. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's always a good night out as well. You can dress up in your tuxedos and get a really nice award. So it's it's great to be recognised. And a new uh, a new world champion from Galway as well, Cleana Darcy has just won at the. Uh, the World Youth Championships, gold medal at heavyweight. That's right. Yeah, she's from Gorse, so it's fantastic for her. It's great for her, and hopefully she can go on now to represent Ireland at the Olympics. It'll be unreal for women's boxing, especially for Galway as well. You're always crying out for a good heavyweight in Ireland. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, she she has the tools now to go all the way. So I'm delighted that she she won the World Championships. Yeah, are you up on your uh, your Galway and Connemara boxing history? Did, did did you ever win the Martin Thor- Thornton Award? The Martin Thornton Award is yeah. that the one in uh, what 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 one is that now? Again? I, I read about it in uh, the the book about Sean Mannion never knocked down. And uh, do you know the history of Martin Martin Thornton? I don't. I he don't was a, get a, f- a famous uh, boxer from Spittle, I believe. And effectively, in 1945, he was fighting against an English opponent in Dublin, and he he bet on the other guy, and then he didn't ha- make much of an effort. He threw the fight <laughs> effectively, and uh, you know he became a pariah elsewhere. But he you know remained a bit of a cult yeah. hero back in Ireland. And I think he, you know he was a good he was a good guy. He you know he gave away his money, but he he had 500 pound on on the other guy, and then didn't pres- didn't throw a punch. Crowd went mental, threw yeah. bottles into the ring, and everything, and. Uh, they named an award after him back in Galway, or so I read. So 
Okay, okay. I didn't know that now, but uh, no, I was always a big fan of Sean Mannion as well, Rocky Rossbach. So, uh, yeah, he was a, a fantastic fighter. He he fought in Madison Square Garden for the world title uh, with Ross Muck on his shorts as well. So it was great to have or to see someone from Colomar, where, where he's from, go so far and support. Still a legend out there. Still a well-known name. He is. He is for sure. Yeah. And even around Colomar, he's a well-known, very popular man. So, uh, yeah, Thomas O'Toole now, he'd be from Lettermore, not too far from from there. So it's a Gwiltuk area back there. Uh, my granddad was actually born on one of the islands back in Lettermore. So I've, I've, uh, that's my roots come from. You speak Irish? A small bit, a small bit, but not, not as much. I wouldn't be able to do an interview in Irish now or anything. <laughs> we had, uh, we had Sean Mannion on the show there last year. I want to play a little snippet when he speaks okay. about, uh, your very good self. Yeah, and there's a few up-and-comers from Galway as well. The current Irish middleweight champion, Gabriel Dawson, the light, light middleweight champion, Kieran Malloy from Uchtarard, Adam, Adam Heshey and young fighter as well. So Galway Dawson is, is flourishing at the minute. It is. Yeah, I think they had three All-Ireland seniors this year. Yeah. Which before, we never had any senior champions before, like, you know. But Kieran Malloy, uh, his uh, grandmother went from yeah, he's a superb he's a superb fighter, all right. So that that's you anointed there by uh Kunamara's finest. No pressure. <laughs> He'll go places, says Sean Mannion. Ah, uh, please God, no, that's the plan. That's the plan. Have these big fights in New York like he did. There's another uh, there's another professional boxer from um from Connemara, uh Martin Ney. Do you know him? He ran a pub in Uchtarard as well. Yeah, I've heard of him. I've heard of him now. But um You wouldn't know him too well. No, I wouldn't I wouldn't yeah, know him he, too well now. Interesting. He he fought on um he fought two of the Crystal Brothers. Joe and Mel Crystal uh, had 26 fights as a pro in London back in the day and fought yeah. on Frank Warren's first promoted card in London. I hope to speak to Martin well, in, the, in, the, in the future. Yeah. Can you tell us about uh, growing up in Uchtarard, what the area what the area was like to you and what boxing meant to you and your family as a young kid and sport yeah, overall? So, yeah, like I've been doing it my whole life now. I followed my brothers down Coleman Stevie uh, when I was five years old. And my cousins Ronan and Shane were also doing it. So there was always um you know interest in the sport in our family. And yeah, I went down to Upshire Community Center, that's where it first was. And uh Raymond Lee was my coach. And from from there we just started building, progressing, just fell in love with the sport straight away. I had my first fight at nine years old. Um my dad used to bring me and my brother Colum around and a few of the lads in the club around the country sparring once we got to maybe 10 11 um just kept progressing it and better and better and then, yeah we had a very good boxing club then we had the best boxing club in connacht for a couple of years running um myself and colm were winning irish titles and matthew tierney he's actually a Galway football player yeah. he he was their first first ever boy one national champion and we used to always look up to the likes of Marvin Lee and Thomas Lee, 
they were sort of the lads who would have been boxing international for Upstart. So it was great to to know that we could aim as high as they did. Uh, we believed that we had the right coaches around us that we could aim high. And thankfully, we had great support around the community as well, the Upstart Boxing Club. And um, yeah, I went to school in Kalanen, which is a parish beside Upstart, and I played football for it. But uh, the support in the two communities has been really, really good. They've always got behind their boxers and it helped us so much along the journey. Did, uh, did Tierney make the right make call the right. focusing on the football and did you make the right call focusing on the uh, the boxing instead of football? Is that where the talent uh, lay? I think so, yeah. Like Matthew was one of those lads who's just gifted at whatever he picked up. If he wanted to do if it was soccer or, or anything, we used to even roll in the regatta myself and uh, my brother and the Tierney brothers, we used to do uh, the regatta and rowing. So it was always, uh, we were always sporty enough growing up. But um, yeah, Matthew's thriving now in the football. I think I've I made the right decision. It's going good so far anyways. Yeah. Well, you won all, you won all Ireland's kind of all the way up, didn't you? And you were up training with the elite team at the age of 15, which showed, you know, in Zorantia, you know, you caught his eye at a young age and it was it was clear from from the get-go that you had something about you. Yeah, I suppose. 2012, the European schoolboys medal as well. Yeah, I started off the national team. I was called up um, as an 11-year-old. Travelled to Dublin every weekend from the age of 11 all the way up to, I think, yeah, we used to train on Sundays as schoolboys and then we'd come in for camps then for championships, like I said, Europeans or something. Um. On the schoolboy team, we went to Napa and we had a very successful team that time. We had the likes of Michael Nevin, um, Aaron McKenna, Brent McGinty. There James McGivern won a goal as well, didn't he? Yeah, that's that's a, right. Yeah. Bunches, yeah. James McGivern and Oliver McCarthy. Um, yeah, it was just. Do you ever look back team. at? Do you ever look back at some of those teams and think? Obviously, you look at some of them that are still boxing, still boxing pro. You know, Brett McGinty fought in Dublin last week, put in a great performance. Yourself mm-hmm. doing well. But do you ever look back at them, some of them and think he was the best of the lot and he doesn't box anymore? Because it's quite common, isn't it? You see gold medals yeah. from back then and just no longer no longer doing it. It's like, it's actually the best talents I've seen aren't, aren't boxing anymore. Like from, from young lads, you have the likes of, we, we fought out in Russia before myself, Willie Donahue. Mm. Uh, James Cleary Johnny Joyce like those lads couldn't be touched when they were younger like so dominating wherever they went they were winning gold medals everywhere and because Cleary was a big rival of yours as a kid wasn't he who was that James Cleary yeah we we fought a few times James Cleary he he hit so hard and he would have been absolutely mad for the pros Uh, I haven't actually seen him now in a few years but he was a great talent um, Johnny Joyce as well. Uh, I'm not sure if he's pro at the moment or what's going on, but, but uh, Willie Donahue, I think he was a standout. And, the only, um, I saw him. I saw him boxing once. I think he just won gold at the the World Juniors. Um, yeah. To the stadium because I knew he'd be fighting that night, and yeah, he was he was exceptional. And then I heard he packed it in not too long yeah. afterwards, so it was disappointing, you know. Yeah, that's the way it goes. So sometimes, but. Um, with boxing, you kind of know by the age of 16, 17, whether you gather or not. It's kind of the breakthrough age. Um, but yeah, I'll go back to what you're saying. So I would have fought there and then 
he had the junior world championships and then I had the youth uh youth Europeans and we used to go to a tournament as well called the Nikolay Pavlikov. It's like a world multinations. So yeah, I had great experience underage. And I suppose when I won gold medal at that, I got the call up then to train with the elite team at uh, 16. So I think my first bar up there was with Michael Conlon, actually my manager. I'd done six rounds with him. Um, yeah, that's where it all started then. I broke into the senior team sorry, not long after that. Steep learning curve, all right. And like Conlon would have been a big name even then, wouldn't he? And, uh, you know, obviously yeah. having been at the Olympics, we sparring with Katie Taylor at the time as well. Yeah, when when we were juniors, when we were getting ready for like European championships, uh, Katie would come in with her dad, Pete, and I'd actually have to stay back. The lads would be going off running and I'd stay back and spar Katie. So it was always, it was like, it was a great pleasure for me to spar her as well. Also fantastic uh, learning rounds as well. She had very, very fast hands. What were your first impressions? Because we've heard lots of lots of stories about men over the years saying, I didn't want to punch a woman. But you, obviously at that stage, you, you'd you heard it all before and you knew that you don't go easy here. You, you kind of have to. Yeah. I said like it's, her dad was actually saying that to me before the square. He said, don't, don't take it easy. Now, I was the same weight as her, 60 kilos. A um, bit stronger than her, but she was like, she had a lot faster hands. Um, then I started actually going down to Bray on the weekends. I used to spar her and I also done a few rounds with Adam Nolan at the time. That was when I was younger, but uh, yeah, I learned a lot off them. And yeah, it was great memories as well. You won your first elite championships 2018, beat Fergal Redmond, Dean Walsh. That was a good progression for you. Eugene McKeever in the uh, in the uh, final. Was the first the best? Yeah, I think so. I well. Yeah. What what the next one, maybe. What, stood out, what stood out for me the most on that one was though it was the first ever elite champion for my up to our boxing club. And there was faces there that would have never been to fights before, but it meant so much to the town and to the parish. Um, yeah, it was a very nice time, especially to have like people there who we'd lost now in the past few years. But like everyone was just so happy that night. Um, a lot of pressure, a lot of expectation on your shoulders. Yeah, it wasn't just for me though. It was for everyone who supported me along the way. And it was like a relief to myself as well because I remember myself, my brother went up with uh, my old coach, Marvin Lee, to, it was Joe Ward's first senior final against Kenneth Egan. Oh yeah. I, I remember just going up and the crowd was there and like, I was, I was talking to my brother, Colm, I was like, Imagine some night fighting on the elite finals. It'd be unbelievable, wouldn't it? And then, like, the years just go so fast. And then then that's you that night. Like, a big crowd shouting you, and you're just like, well, this is class. You know? That was unforgettable. 2011, Ward Egan split the room. And split the room the following year as well. But who's going to, you know, Joe goes off and he he beats Kennedy Egan. And I think two or three months later, no, uh, maybe three, three or four months later, he's European champion, age 17. Incredible, yeah, crazy, and all the boys, all the boys in the ring after he beat Egan as well, just like (laughs) dancing and jumping. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, you you had your you had your head headline night the following year against uh, Paddy Donovan, twenty nineteen. You progressed, beat Aaron Daly and Luke McGuire, got to the final against Paddy Donovan. I think it was on the weekend of the, the. Was it on the same weekend as the big storm? No, it was. It was maybe 
a week or two before it, but uh, the big, the big, the big headline was yourself against Paddy Donovan. Two up and comers looking ahead to the Olympics. One of these guys is going to be going to the Olympics. It's the way we all thought at the time. Yeah. And uh, you'd, you'd had a bit of a was it a rivalry at the time from sparring in the in the uh, in the elite uh, in the high performance or did you, I suppose you knew like we're going to have to come up against each other at some stage. Yeah, I suppose um, a lot of people are always talking because like I won an awful lot of medals underage. Um, Paddy won a world silver medal underage as well as a junior and I won the bronze and then like the world multi-nation gold. So there was a lot of expectations for us both, I suppose, from a young age. Um, but I think people met, met the fight a lot bigger than it probably should have been. Um, I was always so confident and I didn't understand why people were were saying that Dunham was going to win with ease and stuff like this. Like at the back of my mind, even to this day, like I don't know how people thought that he could have beat me. Okay, you want me to? Exp- I suppose I'll explain this. You know, you see yeah. his pedigree. You can watch yeah. him fight. You can watch him move. He's very slick, hands down. Yeah. A very upper, you know, very agile upper body. Can pepper, can land unorthodox punches. Is southpaw as well. And yeah. he looks very difficult to beat. You know, and you you have to be a really good one to beat him. No, that's it. Like maybe I came across wrong there. I can see why people talk, but in my own head. Yes. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. In my own head, I was just like, "There's, there's no way. There's no way he can beat me." Um, I just, I just knew even from sparrings, uh, I, I felt like I was getting the better of him in the sparrings. Um, but yeah, he's flashy, he's tricky, he has a whack. But um, yeah, I just, I, I'm just very confident, even still to this day, that I'm just a better fighter all around. You've got to go as well. It could be one of those meetings that yeah. you have in the future. Definitely, yeah. Like I said before in a few interviews, like I hope Paddy Donovan goes to that level where I'm going because we could meet on the big stage. There's no point in making this fight too early or people talking about it too early because we could make this something massive for the Irish fans. This is a fight that could sell out a big stadium in the future. And pure stadium. About hundred percent, it could be pure stadium. It could be anywhere. I think this is one of those fights that could be a big stadium fight. Oh yes, I I think so too. I think so too. And you're you're linked by a couple of things as well. You've both got the top rank connection. You fought before. It was a tight fight. Was it a split decision? Off the top of my head. I uh, know it was unanimous. No, it was unanimous. Okay, yeah. you got the nod. You're both with top rank. You know, you've both got good teams behind you. Well-known boxers who, you know, you've got the Conlins on your side, you got Andy Lee on Paddy Donovan's side, Tyson Fury probably coming in over the top. You'll probably have Joshua in your corner, whoever, you know, Fraser Clark and the boys. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's a it's a big one. And, and you've got that kind of link up with TG Cahar as well. They seem to be pushing you guys together. You know, you've got the TV involvement. Ah, it's a it's a super fight coming down the tracks, isn't it? It's an exciting one. And you know, they're few yeah. and far between. It is like it's you've got like we're both on their top rank, the biggest promotional company in the world. Both got good management sites. Both got great coaches, um, and we both got a good like support back as well. So, yeah, like I said, down the road, why not be a big fight, big money fight? Uh, hopefully, it's, for it's the Irish. Uh, it's the Irish Spence Crawford. It is. It really is. Yeah, like, like I said, I don't. I never. 
bad talk, Paddy. I think he's he's a good lad. He's a he's a great talent, and it is a fight though down the line, one hundred percent. Absolutely. And um, the following year, probably the one nearly you want to win the most was the twenty nineteen, uh, but it was for the twenty twenty edition, and uh, you lose the quali- you lose the quarterfinal to the trickster Aiden Walsh. Yeah. And, you know, he he's the one who, because you won the following year again, 2021, you bowed out of amateur boxing as a lead champion. But the one in the middle, the one you wanted to win probably was the one ahead of the uh, the Olympic qualifiers. And Aiden Walsh kind of just finds his way through, t- beats you, beats uh, Ryan O'Rourke and Callum Walsh, both of them now professionals as well, with, you know, potential great fights down the line for you as well. But um, Aiden Walsh gets the spot, goes to the Olympics and that's it. Say la vie. Yeah, that's that's boxing for you. That's the way it goes. You can be the I don't know the best at the moment, but like everything just happened so quick. I suppose um, it's one of those things. Just didn't have a good day, and it cost me. But uh, often we see um, whoever wins at the elite finals or the elite championships doesn't necessarily get the spot. Like, and you know, much to the annoyance and frustration of many people involved in Irish boxing, from fans to coaches to fighters. So. We often hear that a lot more goes on behind closed doors. There's, you know, spar, you know, the sparring that the coaches only see, and then they make up the decisions. Did you have? Did you do many rounds with Aiden Walsh? Did you feel that? Yeah, okay, fair call. I couldn't beat him, or were you angry that you didn't get the Olympic kind of nod? Because you're a two-time champion at that stage as well. Yeah, look, I was, I was angry with a couple of things that went on behind behind the scenes, like you said. Um, I'm not going to comment too much on it, but like you have to go from. I think overall results in international tournaments and at the time like I was like say from 18, 19, 20 I was, I was winning medals at every tournament, multi-nations uh, EU championships and stuff like that but um, look I suppose the coaches just go for whoever they feel has the um, has the most potential to pull out these major medals it felt uh, if just from watching from the uh, outside in without getting to see those spars behind closed doors. It felt like kind of Walsh was a favorite of Duns, and you know, justifiably so in the end. Like he went to the Olympics and did brilliantly. And you know, had he co- had he got the chance to go up against Pat McCormick, who knows what would have happened. But then again, it's it's this is this is your life, this is your dream. So you know, you you might you probably did warrant the spot as well, or you know, maybe a final yeah. box off. I don't know what. It's no, selection it's like, teams has been an aggravating force in Irish boxing for decades. So, and we'll continue. Yeah, to that's it. Like fair play to Walt. He he went out. He got his his Olympic medal. I'm sure that's been a dream of him since he was a kid. Uh, I would have done everything to get that spot, but that's life. Uh, you don't get everything you want. I'm on a great path now with uh, top ranking Colin Boxing, and I've got a huge future ahead. So. This is where I wanted to be, you know, a professional yeah. world champion. I'm on my way, so I'm. Uh, we can talk. We'll talk about happy days in a second. But you did bow out of boxing, uh, bow out of amateur boxing, as Irish elite champion. But there was something brewing in the background about the uh, team selection for the world championships in in Belgrade last year, and where yeah. yourself and Gabriel Dawson left off the team. What happened there? Um, basically, we were we were training. I was told, I was told maybe. A couple of weeks before the national championships, that I was going to the world championships, um, just in leading up to training and stuff, and I had won the national championships and 
training away for a couple of weeks. We we're all talking amongst the team and that. We we're like, geez, I wonder where they're going to announce the team. So we went, they call a team meeting one of the nights and we all went down. We we're like, oh, this must be it. And uh, so our auntie had just said that we're not sending a team. And I was just disgusted at the time. Uh, I had done my whole Olympic cycle. I even stayed on after Olympics because I want to go to World Championships and get a major medal. Uh, possibly even stay on for, I don't know, another while. Uh, try to get the top funding and stuff like that. But just got no support. And it was time then to go because... And there's no point waiting around for for no opportunity. I wonder, like, what do you think was the motivation behind that? Like, I think Irish boxing was beginning beginning to be kind of run a bit haphazardly, maybe during the pandemic, after the Olympics and stuff like that. But it did see, feel like a lot of things slipped through the cracks, and that is probably do you, is that what sent you on your way? Just to clarify to, to the professionals, like, or was it going to yeah. happen after those worlds? Like, anyway, yeah, I'm I'm not too sure if it was going to happen after worlds, but that was definitely the the end for me, like I, from the age of 16, 17, I had done everything I was asked of. Uh, there's been a lot of things I didn't agree with, but I still kept my head down, kept uh, positive. Um, but yeah, it was at that moment, I just realized that you're the number. Uh, now, I'm not having a go at the whole Irish setup. There's a few fantastic coaches there. Um, great people as well who work for for the boxing team. But um, yeah, it was just after all of that, the one opportunity that I finally done by myself. No ifs or buts about it. Uh, just it was all taken away from me straight away. So and it, like. I was a contender as well for a medal at those championships. I wasn't just going there for a number, you know, there was a, after that anyways, I, I left, I left Dublin and, um, I was just stressed. I was very stressed. And, uh, yeah, they were, they, they ended up sending a team after that anyways. I'm not sure what the whole situation was, but, um, they, yeah, the damage was done by that stage. Well, if you didn't go pro, what was your what was your fallback? What what you know what else have you got going on in life? You you've uh, you've a good education behind you, and you know you seem a smart guy. Well, what do you think you would have done with your life? Ah, uh, pro pro was just always that was it. Like, yeah, since a kid, it was always a boxer, um, always a boxer. But uh, I'm just yeah, I'm grateful now. I've got a great team around me, uh, learning all the time on the job and. Like I said, I teamed up with Angel Fernandez, Jamie, and Michael Collins sent me over to Jamie or to uh, to Angel, and yeah, just haven't looked back. Got a great promotional deal with Top Rank, um, and yeah, things are going good. Yeah, because as a young lad as well, you were always kind of you seem like the sort of fellow who might. Uh, I think Tony Dunlop once called you the Irish Roberto Duran. He was getting very excited, but uh, he, he was saying, you know, you you. Took time and went over to visit the wildcard gym. You went over to visit Ricky Hatton. This is all the while competing as an amateur boxer, but you're always kind of looking to improve, looking to find out maybe what was going on in the professional scene. And I guess it, it floated your boat from an early age. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've always known since I was younger that boxing is a very short career. Got to get in, 
make your money, win your titles and get out while you're still healthy. Um, so I'm giving this 10 years. Like that's kind of what I'm looking at. Um, but yeah, I was always interested in professional boxing. Uh, amateur is kind of like your apprenticeship, gain your experience and then go. Um, but I wanted to make sure when I went that I had the proper team. Uh, I wanted the promotional backing, the management backing, and a world-class coach. And those three things I've got. So there's no excuses for me now. I'm happy. Um, and yeah, like I said, I'm still working with my dad. My dad comes over every couple of weeks, keeps an eye on stuff because um, he was my amateur coach throughout my whole career. Do him and uh, so, Angel see eye to eye on things? They do, of course. Yeah, dad has full, um, full confidence in Angel's plans and they get on great as well, which is good. Doesn't always work out. It doesn't always work out that way as well with dads and coaches and you know new coaches and new directions. You know they end up it can be a bit of a row. So it sounds like things are going well for you guys. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like um, yeah, no, hundred percent. It is going well. He's got full confidence in Angel, as we all do. Uh, myself, Richard Fraser. Uh, he's got a great, a great system in place. Uh, yeah, tell got- us about tell us about the lads you're training alongside. So. Fraser Clark, Richard Reakpour, obviously Anthony Joshua dips in and out of camps as well. So tell us about those lads. Yeah, it's class. Like really, really good lads to train with, learn off the whole time. Good crack as well. But uh, we're in love for a sport. So it's uh, it's university. We've got our own gym. Um, we've got big strength conditioning gym. We've got like there's swimming pools here and running tracks. There's everything you could athlete uh we've got like physios nutritionists it's it's the it's the best of the best really so we're, we're very lucky to have them uh to help us and yeah we train every day with angel in the morning um one-on-one sessions as well we've got a lot of different sparring partners coming in uh jason allen he would have been fraser's old amateur coach he helps us with all sparring partners and he's like angel's assistant coach so we've we've got a small small team but uh an extremely extremely tight team did you know did you know fraser from the amateurs i I see just looking at it there you both won medals at the 2018 european uh union championships in valladolid he got the gold you got the bronze so like you just go back like the amateur connections run deep it was actually that championships um my dad was in the crowd and he was so excited after I won the quarterfinals. I ran over again the hug, but he tried to take a picture and his hand was shaking that much from the nerves and excitement. Fraser Clark was actually the one who took the picture of us. So it's nice. funny. Uh, we, I remind him of it sometimes. He starts laughing. But yeah, Fraser was always a sound lad to chat to on training camps and stuff like that. I wouldn't have known him a whole time, but you kind of know him say hello and stuff like that. Yeah, and uh, and like... You'd be a big, uh, you seem to be quite friendly with Joshua as well. Like, uh, does he be involved much? Yeah, he was in for the UC camp there for, he came in January, or I think it was February. And then that fight, um, I haven't seen him since the Usyk fight, really. Um, I'm not too sure what he's up to, but um, yeah, hopefully he can get back on track. We had uh, Thomas Carty on the show last year prior to the first Usyk fight. And I think just from seeing Joshua train up close and personal 
anyone will be convinced he's going to win in his next fight. It wouldn't matter if he's coming up against a Ukrainian tank or a Ukrainian boxer. Yeah. You think he's going to beat him because of maybe the way he's dedicated, cuts no corners and, you know, trains so ferociously. I, I gather you kind of had that sense before the rematch. Maybe you, you see it up close and you think, wow, there's no way this guy can be yeah. beaten here. You see, yeah, you do. You see that. But at the same time, like, Usyk is like, pound for pound one of the best um no matter how ferocious or strong and powerful you are a good boxer is so hard to beat um i think joshua had a lot of success and i think we saw a much more all-around improved joshua compared to the other uh the first fight um it's a fight that he had a lot of success in you know he won a lot of those rounds there was times where i was hoping that he would put it on again uh, he had a great, I think it was ninth round. He had an unreal ninth round until he could finish Usyk. But then Usyk was like a new man coming out in the tenth. You could really feel that he had his whole country on his shoulders that he wanted to win for. Um, I never saw anything like it the way he came out in the tenth round. But I think Josh had done really well um, considering Usyk's such a good boxer. It was one of the, one of the best performances of his of his career, as far as I'm concerned. Like you've got obviously, you know, that you've got the Klitschko fight, and you know some of, some of the other fights that he you know that he's won during his reign. But yeah, I, it's the best I've seen him in a couple of years. I thought he was fantastic against Usyk. Just Usyk is on a different level. Yeah, definitely. Like the the training plan Angel had in place for him, he he improved on so many places. Like this was a long training camp as well. You know, it was a guts of seven seven months or so. So it wasn't just like a an overnight sort of thing you know they're working on a lot of a lot of points and yeah I, I agree with you I think it was a lot better performance probably one of his best technical performances I still thought he should have just done whatever he could to uh, fight a couple of patsies beforehand get a bit of blood on the knuckles take a few take a few yeah. marks and you know you know go go like you're a contender again at the start of your career and take out a few lads like, and like looking at your record for this year you've you've gone through lads for a shortcut 3-0 and in your first year as a professional, about to hopefully for your sake move to four and zero on the Conlon Bill in uh, in December. What's been your highlight so far? Because you made your debut on the Josh Taylor against um, jo- uh, against Catterall, Jack Catterall Bill in uh, back in February in Glasgow. A bit of a weird uh, main event. Catterall clearly won in my opinion, but uh, he didn't get the belts. But you made your debut there. Then you had a fight on the Conlon Bill up at the SSC uh, SSC Arena, and then last time uh, another. You know another good win in uh, in Germany, as Paddy McCrory won the the, uh, the IBO World Title. So different scenes. You get a little taste of everything. You fought on Sky Sports, I think Fight TV, and um, TG Cahar now as well. So what what's been your highlight of your opening year? Uh, I think the Belfast, the Belfast fight. Um, that was the highlight. It was just I was on a really good time, uh, peak time where the whole crowd was in, and it was just a roar. And I walked out. I couldn't believe it. Um, just it was class. Just walking out the atmosphere there, um, everything worked well. After my debut, I thought I was so eager to try and knock him out that my second fight went back to the gym, and I wasn't really happy with my performance. So, really knuckled down with Angel on where we needed to to improve on, uh, relax a bit more. When I get the chance, then if I feel I can get him out of there, do it. So I think we saw that in my second fight then. Um, 
but yeah, even my debut thought was it was class. Uh, it's played on such a big card, the uh, undisputed championship card, and had a lot of fans travel over for that one as well. So it was class. And then, yeah, good few Irish on that. So Eric Donovan was fighting on that bill as well, wasn't he? Against Ramirez and yeah, good Ramirez. few Irish. Yeah. Yeah, Kurt, Kurt Walker made his debut straight after me as well. So it was good. And then, yeah, the fight in Germany against the tough Georgian. Yeah, tough Georgian. So it was a good learning fight. Got the six rounds in. Um, answered a few questions there, I suppose. If, if I had the engine for a high pace six rounds and uh, yeah, he was tough. He was tough, but a good learning fight for me. Do you get much feedback? Uh, I was going to say from your coaches and your management team, but I guess that was on TG Akara, so everybody back home was watching it as well. Yeah, they were, yeah. And we had a good crowd come over to Germany as well. And uh, yeah, the atmosphere there was good. It was a bit smaller than the other two, two um, stadiums I fought in, but the, the atmosphere was there. Paulie uh, McRory picking up the IBO was class. And yeah, Kurt Walker fought on that as well. So it was good to share the card with him. Yeah, the main event was uh, it was a special, a special night for uh, for Paddy. All right, yeah, it, uh, it never never in doubt from the from the time the first punch landed. You kind of said, "Oh, this is there's a difference here." Do you ever feel yeah. that in your fights? You kind of think you land a punch, you think right, this it's only a matter of time. Sometimes, yeah, I suppose I've only had three fights so far, but um, no, we're doing we're doing a lot of a lot of practicing now in the gym with good sparring partners, so. Speaking uh, of sparring partners, you're currently uh, working with David Avanessian before his fight with Terence Crawford, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sparring. I sparred him yesterday and I have my last spar with him again tomorrow. Uh, I was sparring him a few weeks or when was it? Must be well, six six weeks ago now. We had his first spar of camp and now we're finishing off his camp now again. So yeah, it's been fantastic sparring. Are you uh, are you Kieran Malloy in those spars or are you doing a bit of uh, Terence Crawford? No, I'm Kieran Malloy. I'm Kieran Malloy. <laughs> yeah. He's he's been labeled a complete no hoper across the uh, other side of the Atlantic. I think people on this side of the water know better. You know, we've watched him up close for the last couple of years. We can see why he's you know, can see why he's a good contender, deserves a world title shot. And we know kind of what he do to a lot of the other British welterweights out there. You know, he's there's a reason there's la- there's a reason lads like Connor Ben are kept away from him. Uh, yeah. What what have you seen of him up close? Do you think he can challenge uh, Terence Crawford? I know you're not going to crap all over your uh, sparring partner, but you know what? What are you seeing as his strengths and weaknesses going into that fight? He's uh, he's relentless. He's absolutely relentless. Um, hits hard, solid defense. Like he can take a punch. Um, his engine, his engine is as good in the last ten seconds or the last thirty seconds of the last round as it is in the first ten seconds. He just does not stop. Um, anyone will struggle with someone like that, especially over a 12-round fight. But um, look, there's always a chance. Like he, like you said, he deserves this shot. He's been, he's been like there or thereabouts for a good few years now, and it's, it's great to see him finally get a shot against, I think, pound for pound number one, Terence Crawford. Um, great fighter. It's going to be a very tough ask for an uh, initiant to beat him, but boxing, you know yourself, it's, it's anyone's game. Absolutely. Um, Crawford, obviously a big hero in his hometown of Omaha, and I'd like to see him fight there more often, but uh, 
You're looking to do the same back in Galway. It was, there was a fight almost scheduled for October. You got the opportunity to fight in Germany, as far as I understand, and that, that kind of superseded it. So you're looking to maybe fight in your hometown next year. And I know you, I, I saw a post from yourself and uh, Gabriel Dawson. One day we're going to light up Pierce Stadium. I have some I have some lines here from Michael Conlon. He was a previous guest on the on the podcast, so I'm going to play them for you now. Kieran Malloy, who's obviously joined uh, Conlon Boxing, boxing on your undercard, picked up another win, and uh, just from talking beforehand and watching him on the night, looks quite impressive. Kieran Malloy, doesn't he? He's oh, I think he's good. made for the program. He's made for the program, and and I told I told him, I told Bert, I told them all, he's listen, it's your home debut. The chance that can change. You're going to be on TV. You're going to be on ESPN around the world. Go out and do your do your thing in that and impress. Like James went in there with someone who fought Cyrus Patterson and went and had hell with Cyrus Patterson, who's a good GP fighter. Um, highly rankings with his own on top and uh, mushroom, and he wiped them out. He looked amazing. Um, really, really heavy handed. Uh, I know when he came down to our gym and stuff, and Adam had him on the pads. Adam thought that he had that on the lead out part. So you know he's he's got he's got these degrees. I think, and you know, I think if we go in October, we're looking to go in Galway and bring him to have a home, an actual home baby. You know what I mean? In his home city, in front of his people, who you know the travel numbers anyway. So. If we can get back to them and start our start start our assault on, on on the south, you know, it's 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 a great uh sorry, the west. Uh it's it's a great uh, start for you know the boys. Mm. So there you go. Andy Lee Power and Hometown Appeal from uh from Michael Connell. Yeah. Look, hopefully now we'll get the uh, the Galway show up and running on the new year. Um but yeah with Michael, I, I actually I went to to uh, Adam Booth's gym. It was this time last year, just to train alongside Michael and just get a feel of a couple different gyms, see see what it's all about. Uh, I've never seen anybody train as hard as him in my life. His work ethic was just insane. Um, very, very talented fighter as well. He showed, showed me a few things that I'll, I'll remember. And yeah, I hope he can go off and uh, win his world title now, early next year, next year sometime. Yeah, and of course you get you get the opportunity to fight in those builds as well. There's a, there's a great atmosphere at yeah. them as well. Uh, did, were you over at the fight against Lee Wood early, uh, early last year or early I this was, year? Yeah, I was. I was over with Kurt. Um, yeah, such a pity the way it ended, but for for the eleven rounds, he shows that he showed that he's that world class pedigree. Uh, it's only a matter of time before he he's lifting that belt himself. But um, yeah, it, w- it was unreal to see how he performed up until the the last round. It was such so unfortunate for him, but uh, he'll bounce back, I'm sure. Thanks very much for joining us so far, Kieran. It's been brilliant. Uh, we're we're nearly gone. I just want you to tell us about um your biggest fan, your granddad. You lost him there last year, but uh, you've got a great pin post on your social media. It's him in a in a mini digger. Yeah, I think yeah. he's, I think he's clear, clearing a riverbank, and he gets the result of one of your amateur fights. Was it the schoolboys in 2012, or was it one of the box clubs, uh, one of the four nations, or one of the multi nations? Uh, was it? But he's going mad anyway. In the uh, he gets the news in the mini digger, and he nearly yeah. falls out of it into the river. It was brilliant. 
<laughs> yeah, he was he was clear enough. Um, he has this old cottage up his road. Um, he was always working on it. Just he loved being outside. He was always outside every day. He had greyhounds, horses. Um, but yeah, he just always loved being outside, working on the land, building stone walls. Wherever he, he was as hard as nails. This lad now. Um, but yeah, that was. I had just beat a Cuban in the world multi-nation final and he was waiting for the result all day. And then my cousin Marisa told him that I won. Um, yeah, a great memory. So I love watching that video every every so often. That'll perk so, you up on it after a hard training day, I'm sure. It would, of course, yeah. Yeah, no, it's... Uh, I have great memories with him as well growing up and stuff. So um, just... Uh, Forever grateful that he was he was always with me as well. Well, I'm sure he'd love nothing more than to have gone to uh, one of those Galway nights that you're expected to have in your uh, coming career. Yeah. But <laughs> I know, I know, uh, he'll be with us in spirit, anyways. No doubt, no doubt. Well, look, Pierre Malloy, thanks very much for joining us today on the Rocky Road. Best wishes in your next fight, December the 10th at the SSC Arena. I keep calling it the Odyssey. That it's the it's always going to be the Odyssey to me, but the SSC yeah, Arena in Belfast. Yeah. And cheers for joining us. And uh, look, we'll, ha- we'll have you on again soon, I hope. Come on. Thanks very much, Kevin. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.